Listener Production. If you drop your change in a tip jar, but the barista didn't see it, did it really happen? Whoa. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. I used to like grocery shopping, Alex Dyson. <laughs> yeah? What, what did you I like used to about love it? Just casually browsing the fresh produce. Really taking the time to find the nicest, ripest avo. You'd grope every one as well. You would oh, have absolutely. your hands over every single avo, squeezing it. I've seen many people grope at avos. I've seen many people groping grapes in the in the aisles. Oh, I, I absolutely used to. Uh, yeah, free grapes, free olives. What? Um, free nuts in the nut selection area. What? You'd open local? the little tray and just sample the nuts. <laughs> Well, no, they're, they're, we've got like a serve your own nuts section in my local, and yeah, uh, yeah, I'd have a, I'd have a nut or two. You'd have a, have a, have a sample, but I'm all about the samples. I'd sample everything until this stupid virus came along, yeah, and ruined everything. Now I'm bloody screaming through the place. I'm terrified of anyone who comes near me. My trolley's whacking into shells. I'm checking the use by date on every single purchase hoping that it'll last the three weeks until I can next come in here. My trolley is so heavy as I navigate $450 worth of no, groceries. what? It's the biggest shop I've ever done because we don't want to go back. Because yeah. we're like, any trip to the supermarket could cost me, you know, either two weeks in, in isolation or my life. All right? So I'm scared. Yeah, you don't want that tier one. You do not want that tier one. Oh, yeah, tier one exposure. Tears many on my cheeks. <laughs> I'll be crying in isolation. It'd be terrible. All right. Well, you know what we need in this situation? Someone who is very positive and puts a nice positive spin on the world we're living in. And Shana Vela is just that. She works at Channel 7 News. Just got back from Tokyo. And uh, we're going to chat to her in a moment. As well as that, a cautionary tale. Matt O'Kine, producer Braun, scrolling the talk, finds a dude stuck in a Kmart. God. After hours, it's dark in there. All sorts of mannequins coming to life, I'm sure. And we're going to be chatting to a dude who literally got trapped in there. Stay here for a terrifying tale. I mean, it's going to be maybe we'll, be Maybe he'll still be there when we call him. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, this is Matt yeah. and Alex All Day Breakfast. Let's get into it. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Now, Matt, every now and again on the movies, you see, I don't know, someone escaping a prison or um, trying to get through the jungle. And in order to get out, they have to wade through a tepid, stinking swamp with only a reed for oxygen to uh, put it out of the surface of the water to survive as they go through. And um, it's not unlike uh, trying to wade through Twitter looking for a straw of oxygen. And I tell you what, our next guest is our straw when it comes to that platform of fresh air. Uh, she is a Channel 7 reporter uh, who also has an incredible podcast, which we'll talk to you about in a moment. She's just got back from Tokyo covering the Olympic Games. Chanel Vella, hello. That is the best intro I have ever had. I was not sure where you were going, but then I got there and I loved it. You're our so straw you. of fresh air, Chanel. Yeah, it's, you've been the best thing on Twitter for this uh, last couple of months. And I have to, like... It's one of those weird things, you know. I know where I was when I first saw uh, Spice Girls wannabe. Um, <laughs> I remember where I was when um, when I heard, you know, Princess Di had passed away and I remember sure. where I yep. was when I first saw um, a Chanel Vela tweet about COVID numbers. Where were you? Uh, in my lounge room where I've been for the last three months. <laughs> but the point is... <laughs> 
But the point is, Shano, it was so great to see this just suddenly out of nowhere, right? You, you've become mm. a bit of a Twitter sensation. Can you tell us about the, the first time and you know what motivated you to just put a tweet out there and how it was received? So I don't know how this happened. Let me say that. And I have always referred to Twitter as an absolute bin fire. What the <laughs> hell is Twitter? I yep. couldn't even look at it last year. I couldn't look at anything anyone was writing me because it was awful. Mm-hmm. And then this year I thought I'm going to give this another crack because there was there's so much information that we get as journos that does not make it to the news. We do two-minute stories on the news every night. And, you know, they can often scare people. And I thought, I'm just going to start putting all this extra information on Twitter and I'll just see how it goes. And I started, they were just Victorian when I started and then it exploded and now it's this national wrap up and it's lovely. I'm overwhelmed by how nice people are being, but I'm also aware that Twitter will cancel you in a second. So... Uh, I could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, yeah your run's going gone. well, but be very careful, <laughs> yeah. Chanel, with uh, a few other things because I think some the- tweet from 2009 that oh, undoes you. I hope you've purged. Have you purged? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I don't know what's there. Don't look. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay, don't scroll down, but just stick with the recent stuff, which is, yeah, a summation of the, the coronavirus numbers, which have been such a source of anxiety and frustration for so long. But you, I think you present them in such a way uh, that is so positive and um, something that people can really engage with. And you top it off with a little fact cherry on the end, Chanel, which is an absolute pleasure to read. Does the positivity match how you're feeling or is it something that you're projecting on the world in order to uh, yeah, convince oh, everyone to, to feel that way? Look, I do get angry and I do get mad, but it's pretty much how I am about this whole situation. I made this decision reporting bad news every single day last year that we're always going to come out of this. It's not going to stay this way forever. And if you just look at the numbers without adding emotion to it, it's not that bad. It feels terrible being in lockdown. We know that. As a Victorian, I get that. But at some point, it is going to get better. And I think if you just look at the numbers and take the anxiety and the emotion away from it, it can be quite calming. Absolutely. But uh, something you, you like to add on the numbers, and it'd be interesting to get your take on why you pop it on, that little fact cherry. Um, uh, where, what prompted you to start just giving out a random fact for people, Chanel, that uh, that uh, you can finish your uh, your daily roundup with? I just thought if we're all going to be on Binfire Twitter and you're all going to l- love this thread, then let's learn something at the end that's not about COVID, has nothing to do with COVID, and that makes us remember why being Australian is awesome. And there's so many things. Um, and I think people have responded really well to that. It's, you know, I'm learning about Victoria and Australia, looking for these facts all the time now. Um, and then there was the Olympics facts as well that I added. People said, you know, we want to know what the medal tally is and where we won medals. So I was frantically adding that into the thread as well. Just, so- your Twitter is the news now, Chanel. Yeah, it just- should be just the news. It's going to be a whole program from now on. It's becoming a full-time job. It really is. Yeah, so. the 7 o'clock Chanel. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've just been in Tokyo for the Olympics and can you tell us what the situation is like over there? Because you sent me a video where you were and it, it kind of looked pretty busy, to be honest. Making the decision to go was difficult and when I got there as a Victorian, it was strange. There are So we fly in one day of hard lockdown, one day, Then you go into a 14-day bubble, which is a soft bubble, which basically means we could travel to venues and back to the hotel. And we had one designated convenience store that we could go to 
for dinner, which was an experience in itself. <laughs> Convenience store <laughs> dinner. Um, there's a way better than ours, though. You can get dumplings yeah. and really great things there. But oh, yeah, they got some days, mean fried chicken there. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah, yeah, me yeah, some crumb chicken at the, at the convenience <laughs> yes, store. They do. So it's, it's much better than ours. But then after 14 days, you get released and you can go wherever you want. We had a really strict testing regime. Uh, but, yeah, 5,000 cases a day. Everyone wears masks and pretty much just goes on with their lives. Restaurants shut at 8 o'clock, but they're still allowed to operate before that, so the businesses are still making money. Um, and everyone is just out and about. It's really strange and daunting as a Australian to see how they're just living with it. Um, but I guess that's something that we will probably get to eventually. And, yeah, it's just everyone wears masks. Everyone's really compliant. As you know, Japanese people, they stick to the rules um, and they're just getting on with their lives. Are people dying? Yeah, and, you, you know, we all saw the protests about the games. There were people that didn't want the games to happen because <laughs> it was taking police away from areas and putting them into Tokyo um, and the cases were going up and, and people people were passing away. Um, but other people that I spoke to were really, really happy that the games were happening. We interviewed locals who were so proud that it was happening uh, and see it as a way forward. The games have been seen as a success. And I think we have a lot to learn from how they did it so that we don't cancel things in Australia like Formula One and that we don't have to have these huge conversations around Australian Open every year because the unfortunate thing about all of this is COVID is here to stay. I think last mm. year we thought it was going to last 12 months and we were all going to move on. I think this year it's really setting in that it's probably going to be here for a little while and we have to learn with, to live with it instead of just trying to get rid of it. Absolutely. We thank you, Chanel, for taking time out of your busy quarantine schedule uh, two days into <laughs> 14 days on the way back from Tokyo to have a chat to All Day Breakfast. Hopefully we'll get to have you on again and you can check out more of Chanel's work on The 7 News uh, in Melbourne as well. And um, Or you can have a listen. I mean, it's not as not as potentially bright and bubbly as, uh, as Chanel's Twitter, but <laughs> you've got a podcast with um, uh, an iconic broadcaster, Dee Dee Dunleavy, called Dead Bodies, uh, Chanel. Do you want to give us a little quick wrap-up of... Uh, of what that podcast is about if people are, are interested? I do. So for those who don't know uh, what I've been doing for the last, I guess, better part of 10 years, I was a crime and court reporter for a really, really long time. Uh, so it's a podcast about dead people pretty much. It's stories about dead people with a bit of banter uh, thrown in there as well. And then do you want one small mind-blowing fact? We would love something that would blow our minds here, Chanel. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'd love it, please, because we're about to do Mind Blown next. So, yeah, hit us. Okay, so it's a little fact about how Tokyo was run and how the games were run. You could walk into any stadium, say the biggest stadium with 60,000 seats in it, and if you didn't sit in your one allocated seat, someone would come and tell you off. Fact. <laughs> they would literally They're find you? They, well, once I was like one of five people in a stadium and I sat in the seat next to the one I was meant to sit in and there were thousands of seats and someone came and said, I'm very sorry, but I need you to sit in that seat. Move across one, <laughs> you one move, person so in 60,000 seats. I just moved across one and then they were very happy with that. Oh, wow. That it reminds brilliant. me of the, um, the very nice... Uh, Usher, who tried to who tried to shepherd Deed Boxall back to the Australian Correct. coaching section, yes. but didn't really know that how is- to do that to a cheering, gyrating man. Um. Correct. That's, they, they, you know, no one was there, but all the protocols were still in place, 
as though there were tens of thousands of people in every single stadium. Amazing. That is incredible. Thank you so much, Chanel. We'll take that into, use that fact momentum moving into our segment Mind Blown Up next. But hey, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting and keep doing what you're doing because it's inspiring a lot of people and, uh, you know, really cheering up people's days. So you're, you're an absolute legend. Hopefully we'll chat to you again very, very soon on uh, All Day Breakfast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Coffee? Yeah, go ahead. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Well, Matt, where most podcasts you don't learn anything um, other than the two people talking, don't have a clue what they're on about. Um, in Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, we try to decide to do the other route and teach you some things, uh, particularly when it comes to our segment, Mind Blown. Yeah, that's right. We are the cool teachers of this <laughs> podcast school in which we make learning fun again. <laughs> yeah, uh, the science I've... teachers who come in and like show you the static electricity, you put your your hands on the machine and your hair goes up or, you know, get the Bunsen burners out. Yep. And uh, we're getting the uh, helmets on today because as always, we like to blow people's minds and it's my challenge to try and blow Alexander Dyson's dome right off his neck. So, um, you, you are the Michael Bay of this show. You love an explosion. Is that the film director? Am I, is that yeah, the right reference? That's, my, that's the okay. director of Transformers. <laughs> that is right. Uh, I I do love an explosion, and mm. um, I've got three absolute sticks of dynamite to pop into your uh, between your ears here well, this week, Alex Dyson. Well, we'll see about that because much like a Michael Bay film, sometimes the critics uh, greet it with not so much a, uh, a mind blown but more of a... Uh, mild. Mild. Grown. Grown. Which is, I think, where um, Rotten Tomatoes landed on Transformers 4, Revenge of the Fallen <laughs> or whatever its name is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get, get kick All right, off. All what right? do you got for me, Maddie? Certain gentlemen made headlines this week for uh, leaving Sydney for Byron Bay. Um, oh yeah, and causing Byron Bay to go into lockdown. A lot of people unhappy about that whole situation. Now well, the hair's coming out of the head. I'm not sure if it's due to an explosion or people pulling it out. <laughs> but goodness um, gracious. But uh, yeah, person formally now charged. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in court. But. Because Byron Bay is, features the easternmost point of Australia, of which there stands a lighthouse, mm. thought our first ha- fact would be lighthouse-based. So here we go. <laughs> lighthouse keeping was one of the first US government jobs available to women going back to the 19th century. Mind. Well, there I'll give you, you a mind blown for that because when it, when it came to the first jobs that the patriarchy would finally let let go of, I would have thought they would have kept lighthouse keeping to themselves for decades before, oh, before 100%. that. Oh, 100%. Because you, you, know? you think of a lighthouse keeper, you think of an old dude with a beard and like a yellow raincoat or something oh, like you that. Think of a think of a lighthouse keeper and, you know, I mean... Or you're thinking of a single dad Sometimes, with three kids. Well, I mean... I mean. <laughs> Just near Harry's Inlet. <laughs> <laughs> with strange happenings uh, that make you think you are going around the twist. But well, I mean, um, you can't give lighthouse jobs to the women. Where else are we going to go to stay away from the ball and chain? <laughs> hey, the old naggers. <laughs> Not me lighthouse. Don't take that away from me. You know world has gone mad. You know what that joke deserves? Uh, <laughs> wild. Wild. Grown. Grown. 
Yeah. All right. That was a joke. Get off your get off Twitter. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. It was inappropriate. Whatever. Okay, All right. next. Here we go. Number two. Katie Price was in the news uh yesterday. Who's that again? Um Jordan. Originally, you might have known Jordan, model, married to previously married to Peter Andre. Anyways, this isn't uh, the point. Yeah, 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 she was I in the news because I, I thought I immediately. I think I immediately pictured Katie Holmes. I got my uh, yeah, Katie's okay, mixed no, up. Definitely not. But uh, Katie Price, okay, revealed that her real name is Katrina Amy Alexandria Alexis Infield. Okay, so people used to know her as Jordan. Then she was Katie Price. Her real name actually Katrina Amy Alexandria Alexis Infield. Okay, but so made me wonder who else. Do we not know the real name of? Okay, and here we go. Demi Moore's real name. Not Demi. Is Demetria Gynes. And her ex-husband's real names are Walter Willis Instead of and Bruce. Christopher Kutcher. <laughs> the whole family, not their real names. Mind alone. Thank you. Well, there you go, Matt. Bruce is his middle name, and Ashton is Ashton's middle name as well. So what, Walter Willis. What's the and go with all the Kutcher. middle names? Don't know. Just what they preferred, I guess. And Demi Moore, Demetria got more from her first husband in 1981. My dad right. calls me Fast Eddie sometimes because my middle name is Edward. So there you go. Uh, Mind blowing. <laughs> uh, my middle name's Ajite. Very common one. Teshi, Accra, where dad's from. Um, part of the family tradition. All right, here we go. Finally, everyone's talking about vaccines, so I thought I'd look into some vaccine facts, okay? They're not not heaps of fun facts. Mm. There's a few facts. Um, well, not for me. I'm, a, I'm an anti-factor. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> anti-facts. <sir. laughs> so before vaccines, there is variolation, okay? Now, the first recorded instances of variolation. Is this in medicine when we were first figuring out what it did and yes. used like it was leeches and nothing. <laughs> that was it. Yes. The first recorded instances of variolation mm. okay, from around 1000 AD were in China where powdered smallpox scabs would be blown into people's nostrils with a metal tube. <laughs> oh, no. Imagine that. Powder. <laughs> have a whiff of this powdered scab. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> That's more mind blown as if if you're putting smallpox up your up your nostrils. That's that's going to clean out a few cobwebs, isn't it? Up in the mind. Yeah, there'd have been a few few people in uh, 1000 AD China, some old mates cruising around on in hatchbacks, um, just dishing out little bags of smallpox scab from the powdered smallpox scab. It's pretty grotty. Although seeing um, how drugs powdered drugs are made these days, there's there's not many better ingredients in them than powdered smallpox scab. Got gasoline, rat poison, acetone. Yeah, you take, no. take scabs over yeah, give any me a, of the poison. Let me snort a powdered smallpox scab any day. Goodness gracious. All right, well, very well done this week, Matt. If I was going to retake everything, I'd... I'd retake my mind blown for Demi Moore not being Demi Moore. But oh. um, we're moving on to your mind-blowing facts. We love to get them all up on your ears every single week. And so uh, let's take a mind-blowing fact from Karen. My fact is that the word mullet was first recorded to be used in reference to the haircut in 1994. That's way later than I thought. Anyway, that made my, my brain explode. It was first used by the Beastie Boys in their song Mullet Head. 
Mind blown. Whoa! Whoa! That's so cool because I, I think of mullets, I think of like 80s footballers sort of thing. It was quite popular. Yes. And so you just assumed that everyone called it a mullet at the time, but I guess back then it was just hair. <laughs> I'm very... Uh, is this for real? I don't know. I, why would Karen lie to us? Okay, well, let's just assume it is. And if anyone, if anyone ever finds out these facts aren't real, then please just hit us up. Yeah. All right, next fact. Even though sloths are my favourite animal, I was completely stunned to find out that they actually swim three times faster than they can walk and hold their breath for 40 minutes underwater. And that's due to their ability to slow their heart rate down to a third of its capacity. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Kev, that is a mind-blowing fact. Mind blown. Some of the best footage of sloth swimming on David Attenborough's Planet Earth 2. You see him swimming around and, yeah, their legs move so much faster in the water than they do on land. Very slow stuff, but having a good old swim... Um, 40 mins is a long time as well. Oh, yeah. 40 mins holding I mean, your I mean, I could only clock two minutes back in my heyday. Two minutes is not bad, actually. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I, know that. Pretty, I mean, it was something I really strived for. I was in training for quite a while as a youngster. <laughs> and then let's go to uh, Brendan with Brendan's mind-blowing fact. Good day, Matt and Alex. My mind-blowing fact is the word helicopter isn't actually a combination of the words heli and copter. It's actually helico, which means spiral, and ter, spelled P-T-E-R, which means wing. As in, like, pterodactyl, helico, helico, pter. It's not helicopter. No, really? Helico, (laughs) pter. Well, a great mind blown this week. If you would like to send us a mind blown, please do. Matt.and.alice, hit us with your voice memo and we'll um, start blowing some domes. This is All Day Breakfast. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Well, Matt O'Kine, we've all thought about it. We've all wondered what might happen if we got stuck on the video game demo a little bit too long, uh, whether our uh, <laughs> whether we took the wrong turn at a big furniture, Swedish furniture shop and ended up lost. But it happens. It finally happened to someone in Brisbane, no less. Yeah, that's right. Our next guest uh, chucked up a video on TikTok about an experience they had finding themselves trapped inside a department store at Wynnum Plaza (laughs) Um, when the lights suddenly went off, the doors closed, and he was the only one left in the shop. I got locked in Kmart today. Six, one. Security tried to help. The motion alarm went off, which alerted the staff. A staff member returned to the store to let me out. Oh, it was quite the ordeal, and we're very lucky to be chatting to the man in question, Dan from Brizzy. Hello to you. Hello. Thank you for your time. <laughs> no, thank you. Where do we talk to you now? You're not still in there? No, I'm not. I'm free. I've, I've got some freedom, finally. <laughs> I mean, it's a very bizarre situation to be completely locked in a uh, you know, department store and all the lights turned off. I thought that they did some sort of you know sweep through this place to... <laughs> make sure that this didn't happen. How did you end up getting stuck in a Kmart? Yeah, t- tell me about it. I, I thought the same, that <laughs> it would be a bit of a sweep. Um, but basically what happened was lockdown finished in Queensland at, at like 4 p.m. Um, I was actually filming like a YouTube video before I left 
And normally I would check like what time a store would be closed, you know, didn't, didn't check, kind of ran off to the store, got there at 10 to greeted the lady at the front. She didn't say, you know, by the way, we're closing soon. And the gate wasn't down, nothing like that. So you got there at um, 550 so- and it was closing at six, but you had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. Literally. And like, no one said as I walked in and like, you know, partly on my fault as well. I should mm. have checked that for sure. And then I'm there have, browsing the store, having a look around and out of nowhere, all the lights just completely cut on me, and I'm standing there like, "What is happening right now? I don't understand." <laughs> so yeah, I literally walked around the store. I had my phone with me, like as the flashlight, walking around for five, maybe ten minutes, pitch black, and then all the lights start re-engaging, and I'm literally like, like heart rate increase at this point, walking around, kind of running at this point a little bit, shouting <laughs> out, "What is anyone here? Hello?" Well, because no yeah, because you, if you got there ten minutes before, I assume at six p.m. the you know the gates didn't sh- slam shut. Like they would have just made their way out, not realizing that there was someone still in there, and so everyone was gone. <laughs> yeah, literally, there was no one. There was no one left. No one in the store. And the thing that's crazy is like. Since I've posted that TikTok video, the amount of people that have shared that they've had a similar experience at a Priceline or a Coles or a, or a Kmart or a Woolies, <laughs> I had no idea. Like so many people told me about their experiences as well, which is insane. Were you able to get what you wanted to buy? Because I can imagine <laughs> yeah. that there were no checkouts open anymore. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the funny thing. Like at that point, I put everything down and I'm just frantically looking around for someone. And the thing that's crazy as well is like, I don't know if it was a bit of a hallucination or a bit of the fear or the adrenaline, but I, I heard some like rustling in the store. So I'm walking around trying to locate this thinking, oh, there's got to be night stuff. Like obviously the power's gone out and the generators are kicked in and I'm running around and I stumble across where this noise is coming from and it's the air conditioning unit. There's no one there. <laughs> so I'm like, still oh, I thought you were going to say that there's someone sleeping in the roof at Kmart. You know those stories yeah. where it's like the Japanese ladies living in the roof of the house or whatever? <laughs> Mannequins come to life or something like that. Oh my so you ended God. up getting to the front. In the video, I so see you got to the front of the store where they'd pull down the security gate, but a security guard could see you through the little holes in that gate? Yeah, so basically like, I got in, I, I actually called the centre and got a hold of the security guard. They came to the gate and, he, yeah, he was confused. He, he really didn't have too many ideas of what to do. <laughs> Imagine. You should have said you were a thief and then he would have yeah. actually been able to do something. Yeah. True, true. <laughs> I hope you didn't choose I hope you didn't choose that day to be wearing your uh, black and white striped uh, t- t-shirt <laughs> at all and wear your uh, your very best balaclava out there at all, Dan. Uh, and, the, and the thing that's hilarious as well, I was this close, like so close to leaving my phone in the car because I was uploading a video from my phone. So I, I nearly oh. had no way of calling the security guard or figuring out what was going on at all. Other than yelling into <laughs> the Did abyss. Did you have a plan? Like, because I mean, my, I immediately go into like, oh, I know how I'm going to figure, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get all the chocolates and I'll barricade <laughs> myself in an area. Like, did you have a plan? Honestly, like I went full survival mode and I'm like, I'm getting out of here because I had a video I wanted to edit and I wanted to go to the gym. So I'm like, I'm not staying here overnight. There's no way. <laughs> well, that's oh, the man. thing. I mean, like, when I was young, you, you think trapped in a department store, suddenly you've got all the toys to play with in the world. Yeah. You've got the beds to sleep in. You'll be the basketball sports section in Kmart you could bounce around. <laughs> so sounds awesome. It, it, it sounded, you, you didn't live it up as, as no, maybe a young Macaulay Culkin might have. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I missed an opportunity there. I really did. Yeah, create a shelter out of like pool noodles or something like that. <laughs> now you know that no one's checking. You might as well just go back every Sunday or whatever and make it a, turn it into a tradition. <laughs> but um, make it a thing. 
Dan, you got a massive uh, YouTube following as well, about 30,000 people checking out your tech reviews on YouTube. Uh, so if you listening uh, want to hear more of Dan's stories, uh, head to his YouTube or uh, TikTok is at danstube.tv. Uh, same address is for the YouTube as well. Dan, thanks so much. No worries. Thank you so much for your time. Well, the heat is on, Alex Dyson, when it comes to the competitive kitchen that we both like cooking in. Um, I'm referring to our social media presences. Um, the uh, competitive content kitchen that uh, we're both head chefs in different The ACCC, <laughs> the Australian well, you don't want competitive to, content. You don't want to start oh, with a K. A-double-C-K, not A-triple-C. <laughs> don't smell kitchen with a C. All right. <laughs> but no, look, uh, I was—I had a very big chuckle at your um, at the video you posted recently because, of course, a lot of the country, especially on the eastern side of Australia, going into lockdown again, and um, there's not much to do when you're in this situation except you know jump on your <laughs> socials and start creating silly videos, and you've done just that. Uh, well, yeah, I put up a little one regarding the lockdowns in Melbourne because, yeah, sure, Sydney's got a good, high quality, lengthy lockdown going on, but when it comes to lockdowns, I mean. Sydney, I'm going to let you finish, but Melbourne's the greatest lockdown city of all time because we're up to number six and counting. Cop that cop that little extension yesterday, uh, which is good to see coming through. I mean, it's ruined my ruined my feeling about extensions. When I used to get assignments, ex extension on an assignment, best day of my life. Oh, extensions <laughs> on a house. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Now, Penile suddenly... extensions. Hello. <laughs> You know, but I mean, this lockdown extension, no. Not as good. So um, anyway, just put up a little video of that yesterday and Matt O'Kine, you were kind enough to congratulate me with a proviso of you hope that it doesn't do very good because well, you would like because, to have no, more look, followers than me on TikTok. <laughs> I currently am winning the war here, 7,000 followers on TikTok. I mean, we're, we're, we're but babies, but mm. little seedlings when it comes to TikTok. We're no, we're no uh, Kay Lambie. Is that, oh, a, is that the guy's name? Yeah, he lives in Italy, just got his He's 100 so million. <laughs> I love that guy so much. But no, we we are we are but bean sprouts with the weird little green stalk popping out of a uh, a, a year 7 science class windowsill. The funny thing being most of our videos are probably watched in year 7 science class as well by these uh, um, these youngsters. Well, my last one was a bit rude, so I hope not. But Alex Dyson, when you when you throw up content like that, I'm like, "Oh man, that's that's quality." So I uh, I do have to concede defeat in this one. Don't like it. To, I want you to watch it. Okay, we're we're about we're about to play you a snippet of it. The whole thing. Um, it's not yeah, very but long. Get, jump onto our onto our TikToks and uh, give us both a follow at Matt and Alex. But, no, um, at Matt O'Kine and at A Dyson. That's it. Exactly right. <laughs> the one time you say it correctly and it's not the right the right <laughs> <laughs> the right handle. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, this one's going out to those people in Melbourne who are looking forward to their 7th, 8th, ninth, maybe 10th lockdown. Uh, this one's for you. Thought I may as well get my Melbourne parody anthems sorted for our inevitable future lockdowns. Brunching is all that I want, but I'm stuck here in my home. Where no one's allowed to leave, we're in seven. Didn't even give us any warning Now you've knocked us down eight times Cause we're in 
We tried so hard, but didn't get very far. In lockdown 10, I'm getting even fatter. So there you go. Bravo, Alex um, Dyson. It wasn't the full parodies. I did do a bit of editing. There were a little bit of voices because um, I'm getting even fatter. I've got no incentive to lose it all. There you go. That's the other one. And the um, straight lines one that I cut out was, um, won't even let me get my nails done. It's pretty much a hate crime. Like that. So um, anyway, there's the, there's the director's I, cut as as for you, you right it, there. I was like, man, what rhymes with 11? What rhymes with 12? I was yeah. really trying to go, but I couldn't get anything. But very, very funny stuff. Check out Alex Dyson on TikTok and me while you're at it. Um, hey, thank you for joining us again today. Thank you to Chanel Vela. What an absolute legend. Gosh, so good to have such an ice cold cup of water um, <laughs> when the house is burning down. So uh, honestly, big shout outs to her. And uh, thank you for supplying your mind-blown facts. We'll catch you tomorrow. Yeah, make sure you leave the Kmart uh, by the closing times and we will see you at our opening hour of 5am tomorrow morning. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. All right, now I'm hijacking today's episode very quickly to talk about something that's extremely important to me. Bron, can you jump on the mic, please? I'm here. Okay, Bron, you saw the news yesterday about two particular friends of ours? Yes, and I'm so excited. Okay, so if you haven't seen this, apparently Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer are dating. Now, do we think it's true, Bron? I really, really hope it's true and I don't know why I feel so invested, probably the hours of Friends I rewatched in lockdown, but oh. <laughs> I really hope it's true. It'd make me so happy. They're one of the best couple TV couples of all time. I remember watching them. I mean, I remember, is it David Schwimmer ran to the airport? Did he go or was it, did Jennifer go? She, she, yeah, he ran to the airport chasing after her. She was going to go to Paris. She, he called her. Did, did she get off the plane, beat her back and forth? She got off the plane, spoilers. <laughs> And Alex is leaving the room. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I was reading an article on news.com.au yesterday saying uh, this is a – the source told Closer um, magazine that they uh, they began texting immediately after filming the reunion, Bron. There was um, – did you watch happened, the reunion? I didn't, but uh, I heard that their sparks were flying. They mentioned that they had a crush on each other oh. in season one and two. Right, <laughs> you know what? Get out of here, Dyson. No one, no one cares for you. Don't make the podcast your... too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. Feel free to cut this out. All right, apparently we're making the podcast too long, but we thought it was interesting, so we wanted to talk about it. And now Bron's going to have to press stop on this record, okay? So, um, so, yeah, apparently they've been spending time in L.A. together at Jen's house. Uh, she's been cooking him dinners. Chatting, laughing, walked around vineyards together. Oh, Bron, well, let's see how this unfolds, hey? Fingers crossed that it's real. Alex has legitimately left the studio. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you're supposed to press stop on I'm this. Gonna press- uh, I'm going to stop on my end and we'll get back to regular programming. Bye-bye. Listener.